Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Step Outside podcast. This is Christy Keel Blackman with the Department of Forestry, Wildlife and Fisheries at the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture. We have another one of our awesome grad students with us today, and we will be speaking with Lindsay Phillips. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. Happy we could talk. We are on another Zoom call, so I think everyone's used to this by now, but we don't have fancy audio equipment at our homes, so we're recording a Zoom call like we have the past couple of times. So forgive us if we cut in and out at some point. So Lindsay, let's jump in and tell everybody what you're studying, and are you a master's or a doctoral student? So I'm a doctoral student under Dr. David Bueller. And my research is looking into pretty much the population dynamics of eastern wild turkeys in south central Tennessee. So I'm kind of focusing my work in five main counties, Bedford, Giles, Lawrence, Murray, and Wayne counties. And these counties really started seeing a drop off in the number of birds that were being harvested starting in about 2005. Uh, Before 2005, birds, the turkeys across the entire state of Tennessee had really almost been completely extirpated kind of in the mid-1950s. And so TWRA did a lot of work to bring birds back, reintroduce them all over the state. And that work concluded in about 2000. Deemed a success, like 11,000 birds had been moved. All the, sta- all the counties had huntable populations. But like I said, in kind of the early 2000s, about 2005, This region and these counties in Tennessee started seeing a drop off in the number of birds being harvested. And that's not what you would expect after we just had a really successful, you know, reintroduction of the bird into the state. This project was created to really look into what was going on. We wanted to see, is there something in the population potentially driving that drop off in the number of birds being harvested? So the best way I can explain it to people, and this is kind of what I tell landowners when I'm talking to them about, you know, potentially accessing their land for my study. If you can think about it with regards to turkey ecology or biology, odds are I'm looking into it. It's a really all-encompassing project. Um, You know, I'm looking at survival, reproduction, you know, everything, gobbling activity, hunting effort, hunting success, mortality, just pretty much everything. I'm looking into it. That's great. So you're taking a holistic approach to figuring out what the actual problem is or if there is more than one problem. Exactly. Yes. Okay, great. So pre-2000, when turkey populations were really low, do we have any idea why they were low at that point before the reintroduction project? So, I mean, there's kind of a slew of possibilities. Definitely over-harvesting, you know, was probably one of the main ones back in kind of the early 1900s. Potentially over-harvesting, you know, predation. There's just, there's a whole slew of things that could have caused it, but definitely over-harvesting is probably the main one. Okay, sure. And so I was looking through your documents that you sent me and the graphs that you included in your paper, they look promising, because it looks like there's this upward trend of harvest. So why would why should we be concerned now if there is an upward trend of turkey harvests? 
Yeah, definitely. So if you look at the state as a whole, it's relatively stable or an upward trend for sure. But when you really break it down into the regions, region one, two, three, and four that the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency uses to break up the state, um, really region two, which has historically been some of the, you know, the best turkey hunting across the state and has had some of the highest harvest numbers. When you really look at that one, you know, it's really showing a, a decline. We really kind of wanted to look at this issue and try to figure out what's going on in region two you know, maybe can we figure out what's going on before it might potentially happen in one of the other three regions as well. Not saying that, it, you know, it will happen, but just, you know, potentially there is that possibility. So it's really important to look into it and see, you know, just what is going on. Because like I said, after you reintroduce the birds, you wouldn't expect to have, you know, this decline in, in harvest numbers. Right, right. Do you foresee another reintroduction project happening after you collect your data? I mean, it would be obviously up to the TWRA as to whether or not they would want to do that. Landowners in my area are definitely reporting that they're seeing fewer birds on the landscape. So it's not just, you know, harvest numbers down. People are saying they're also seeing fewer birds and hearing fewer birds. And, you know, right now is nesting season. People are saying they're seeing fewer poults than they have historically seen. So it's definitely something that could possibly be looked at in the future. Again, when I was looking through your, your paperwork, I saw that any mortalities that you have during the process of your research, you'll do a full necropsy on the birds, mm-hmm. basically, looking into disease surveillance. What diseases are there right now that we need to be concerned about, or are there any? There are several diseases that are capable of going through wild turkey populations. Um, Some of the big ones are blackhead disease, avian pox, avian influenza, and things like that. And there's actually a pretty big concern with spreading disease with several of the landowners or a bunch of landowners in my area. Because about the same time we started seeing that drop off in the number of birds being harvested, the number of chicken houses in the area also started to increase. And so there is a big concern with landowners in the area. With the increase in the chicken houses, we're having an increase in the spread of chicken litter for fertilizer in the fields, and we're potentially spreading diseases to our wild turkey populations. So that's really what we're trying to get at with the disease component of my study, is trying to see if there's any, you know, connection between those. And so, yes, every bird that we capture, we draw blood work, we take a fecal sample, and then any birds that die, natural mortality or hunter harvest, We also do, like you said, a full necropsy. We look at all their organs, you know, look at their bones, look at feathers, look at everything. So we're really trying to get to the root of that. And actually, Dr. Rick Gerhold in the College of Veterinary Medicine, he hired on a PhD student, Laura Horton, who is a joint position between College of Veterinary Medicine and our department. And she's the one that's analyzing all of those samples for me. Uh, that's her PhD research. I'm collecting her samples and she, she's running all the tests. You know, she's sitting in the lab, you know, analyzing everything, running, oh, running all the blood for us. Yeah. That's a very symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very that's glad awesome. to have that partnership with them. Yeah. I think we're supposed to actually have her on the podcast too. So that would be a great follow-up. Okay. Whenever you guys have all your data collected, we can kind of bring these two projects together. That would be for sure. Yes. Where are you in the data collection process right now? Yes. So we are currently in the middle of year four and that is currently slotted for five years. Um, So we still have another year and a half left to go. So we've still, you know, 
definitely got some more data collection. We're getting close to the end, but obviously anything we have right now would just be, you know, preliminary results that mm-hmm. you know could possibly change in the next year and a half once we get the complete data set. Okay. And do you have any hypotheses that you you are willing to share or do you have any of your own thoughts about, you know, what you think is actually happening to the turkeys? Certainly. I've been asked, do you think it's one thing? Personally, I don't think it's just one thing. I think there's kind of a a slew of things that are going to be working at whatever's going on in the population. I don't think we'll ever just pinpoint it to one. I think there's going to be multiple factors playing a role here. Based on some of our preliminary data, we're seeing that reproductive numbers are somewhat low compared to other studies in the southeast on turkey populations that are either stable or increasing in numbers. So that's one thing we're trying to, we've taken data from the first few years and we're trying to now see, can we change those numbers any, you know, we're doing some on the ground habitat, tar, you know, hen specific targeted habitat manipulation to see if we can potentially increase those reproductive numbers to see a, a better pulp survival, better recruitment from the young into the adult age class. Okay, great. Wow. This study has so many different niches within it. it. That's really fascinating. So how many techs do you have working with you to collect all of this data? I have from the spring semester, I have two full-time technicians. I hire a third one that's with us during the summer, and then I have two full-time technicians in the fall as well. Okay. It is definitely not a one-person job. No way could I do it without (laughs) all of their help. Yeah, this does not sound like a one-person job. I'm glad you have a crew. No. <laughs> I'm sure that makes it a lot easier for you. It definitely does. Let's let's talk about what happens in the end. After you finish the five-year study and have your data collected and analyzed, what happens then? The overall goal is to be able to provide TWRA with potential alternative management strategies, whether it be this habitat manipulation work that I said we were working on, um, you know, if we can give different land management strategies to private landowners to be able to say, you've got X number of acres. Well, if you do, you know, this percentage of the land like this, you're going to increase your pulp survival, you know, by this amount, whether we develop strategies like that or see, you know, do we need to alter the bag limit? Do we need number of birds that can be harvested by a hunter? Do we need to alter the bag limit, you know, season dates, things like that. That's the ultimate overall goal is to be able to provide TWRA with an idea of here's what's going on. Here's what we think could help fix whatever may be going on. And am I correct that there's some interstate collaboration going on as well? Yes. This problem is not really just in Tennessee. A lot of southeastern states are seeing it as well. And so we're all doing our own studies, but we're all kind of mirroring our projects off of one another so that we could hopefully in the end kind of have a big southeastern regional work data set. That's great. So hopefully the results from this project can impact the entire southeast one day and impact the southeast positively. Yes, for sure. Definitely. That's great. What would you like to leave the audience with? What do you want people to know? Or are there things that regular citizens can do to help with these declining turkey populations? Definitely in my region of Tennessee, where, like I said, where my study is going on, people in that area or those areas, we try to get birds from hunters within our areas to add to our disease sample. So people in that, that area of Tennessee, if they're hunting, 
we would love it if they could reach out to us and potentially donate their carcasses to us to just to add to this data set, give us more samples, give us a better idea of what's going on out there. And one of the big things that landowners could do to potentially help with this poult survival, like I mentioned, we're low in reproductive numbers. I realize hay cutting is you have to cut it when it's ready, but that's one of our downfalls of reproductive numbers is mowing and hay cutting. So if people can delay cutting hay or bush hogging fields through middle of July, end of July, that would be amazing. And that's actually one of my habitat manipulations was one of my landowners cuts his field usually every June. We asked him to delay it to August. It made a huge difference. A wow. hen that we, yeah, a hen that we had had the first two years of the study that had never had any poults survive to one month old. The first year we implemented that delay in cutting, she had five poults survive to one month old. And she used that field all the time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so just small things like that can make a huge impact on reproductive numbers. That's fascinating. And so if someone did want to donate uh, the carcass from their harvest to this study, who would they contact or how would they get in touch with uh, you or anyone else? Yes, they would just contact me and they can shoot me an email. My email is lphill46 at vols.utk.edu. Awesome. And then you pick up the carcass or? Yes. Yes. I'll work with them to meet them somewhere to get the carcass from them. Yeah. Okay. And this is one thing I tell people, they can keep obviously whatever they want off the bird. We want the stuff you're going to throw in the woods. You know, we want the the organs. We want the stuff you're not going to want to keep anyway. (laughs) Right. Well, that's great. Well, that's a very good compromise for hunters, I think. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is there anything else that we've left out that you think we need to mention before we hop off? It's a big project. It's it's a lot of fun and hopefully we'll be able to get to get to the bottom of whatever is possibly going on. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. This was a really interesting chat and thanks to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed learning about turkey populations across Tennessee and hopefully some of you who are listening can help with this study whether it's by donating your carcasses or delaying your hay harvest or telling friends and family about it. So thanks again to Lindsay. Thank you to all of our listeners and be sure to join us next time when we talk to another one of our grad students. Thanks. For more real-life solutions provided by the UT Institute of Agriculture, go to our website at ag.tennessee.edu.